How I built this is Michael Phelps' eighth gold medal interview, right? After he wins it and there's a like, so how did you feel doing this? This is great. We're talking about 5.30 in the morning being in the pool for 10 hours a day with people to get to where he was. Like yes. that's not talked about enough. Hello and welcome to Greater Stories, a podcast for those doing the hard work of building, doubting, and showing up anyway. Today, David and I dive in and talk about who this podcast is for. They go by different names that we've heard before, like creator, founder, entrepreneur, creative entrepreneur. And in interviews like How I Built This, we hear the clean, neat story of their successes. It's meant to inspire us and give us a sense of possibility, but those names don't fully capture how hard it is to actually build something, like waking up at 5.30 to practice at the pool. If we were to dive in into those moments of building, doubting, and showing up anyway, we'd find someone in a swimming lane feeling alone and holding two opposing truths in tension, like being so excited to start something but also feeling embarrassed and lame to begin or seeing how everyone else is winning while no one around you seems to understand why you're doing what you're doing. David and I started this podcast because this is how we usually feel and we needed a space to talk about how hard it can be sometimes. And if you're sitting there nodding your head because all this hits a little too close to home, you get it and you're a builder and this podcast is for you. So, fellow builder, I hope you feel a little less alone listening to this episode as you continue to do the work that is meaningful for you and others. Thanks for listening. I guess the first question I have, and something I've been thinking about, is why do we want to use the word builder as opposed to some other words that it's already in the, in the culture? How do you think it lacks? My gut is saying that there's just so much baggage with these terms, like creator, founder, entrepreneur, and it comes up as so many different things for so many different people that you can't have a lightweight conversation because of all the baggage that's there. Yeah. I, I mean, I think at least for me, but I don't think there's built-in ethos necessarily, which I think is what we're trying to get to. Like, you know, when we talk about greater stories as a community for builders, those doing the hard work of building, doubting, and showing up anyway, like we use that because we, we believe that there is almost like a heart soul element to this act of creating value that isn't necessarily talked about or emphasized in the in the culture as it is today and i think i think like the tension that we kind of hold in our hands is like like everybody has heard guy Raz's podcast how i built this mhm the story is is in the title it's yeah. built yeah. <laughs> right. For us, the story is also in our tagline. It's building. It's builders. We're we're all in the process to some degree. Like podcasts like How I Built This, where they do a retrospect of their careers, is helpful to builders because mm -hmm. you know provides that insight. You know, mm -hmm. kind of helps you feel a little inspired. You know, like what you might be going towards. But to me, a lot of times it felt like if I can use like a swimming analogy, they're on their yachts watching. <laughs> talking about their lives while we're in the water swimming, you know, like trying to get across this, this, you know, body of water. And so I, I think it's, it's going to be helpful for us to kind of like, you know, be, be talking while we're trying to float, stay afloat in that water, or, you know, really swimming funny. or whatever. Yeah. I, I, I mean, sticking with the water analogy, it's like how I built this is Michael Phelps eighth gold medal interview 
right? After he wins it and there's a like, so how did you feel doing this? This is great. We're talking about 5.30 in the morning being in the pool for 10 hours a day with people to get to where he was. Like yes. that's not talked about enough or it's not admitted to each other enough to be able to share in the burden of it together. And the fundamental way that I see why it is so difficult, it's because you're holding two opposing tensions all the time as you, as you try to build something. And I have many days when I feel I've worked so hard and concentrated so hard throughout the day, but have nothing to show for it at the end of the day. Or the next day I come and I say, why did I spend so much time on such shit? Mm -hmm. How is this what it is that I have done in the past? And every day you're putting immense effort into doing something and the progress never shows. I don't know if I shared this with you. I wrote something the other day. This is just very personal and I'm just going to read it to you. But it, it's basically this idea of holding a tension, these tensions and how the the thing that feels so hard and the, feel, the thing that feels amazing are often the same thing. So. I call this breathless. And it basically is, is this. After almost two years of working on STAT, I'm coming to a working conclusion that our, at our stage, the focus is on survival, whether we know it or not. The idea, problem, and company are grasping for air. Nothing is flourishing or working well. We're all breathing through straws. This choice of mine is fundamentally hard because while we're trying to breathe life into this company, we are left breathless in our own lives. We don't have the time or energy to take care of ourselves, maintain friendships, explore hobbies, grow wealth, or really anything. All we have is a problem ahead. How do we endure if we're left breathless all the time? That's the paradox. It's usually when we're left breathless that we are at or striving to be our best. The finish line, the last set, the mountaintop, the sunset, the birth. Maybe the point is to be left breathless. And so I think like, what you're saying about the idea of holding those tensions, you know, it's yeah. that. Yo, I'm breathless from what you just read. That's really good. But what I'm hearing you say about being breathless is the intrinsic motivation of enjoying the process, focusing on the process and making the process better is the point. And it's the most sustainable way of getting to an end result. That being, yes. if being breathless is the point, it's saying, learning how to breathe and learning how to work through all the tension and holding that tension is actually the thing to focus on as opposed to what that will bring for us yeah. or the result that it will bring for us. The idea, the idea that you can endure, you can be in the presence of all this pain and uncertainty and frankly, just shit that comes from doing this type of stuff and yet feel gratitude or feel pleasure or feel pride in the midst of it is actually like I, I, it's weird it's a weird thing you know what i mean it's like it's hard to describe and it, it feels kind of spiritual if that if that makes sense it does and what you're trying to capture i think is that idea of flow i think it is that idea of something being so hard and feeling like it's out of our depth but when you get into it you sort of lose sense of time you concentrate on the process and the work itself and you come out of it and it was hard. You were failing. It, you were embarrassed. You weren't meeting it, but you come out of it and you feel like deeply satisfied and privileged to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. When I wrote my year-end review and I was talking about coaching, the thing that stood out to me the most wasn't the 
fact that it's a successful company. It wasn't that I was able to do this and do that. It was the fact that I went through 800 sessions in a year and a half and thinking I enjoyed, it felt like it, it didn't feel that much. And that sort of signal of intrinsic motivation that I feel in doing the work is a sign to me that is strong and also rare. I think the reason why I'm so excited about that is because so many things in my life, I do it because I want to get to the result. I want to get to the ends and not enjoy the means. The practice of building is just that, a practice. In the early stages of doing anything new, it's uncomfortable, awkward, and clumsy. How does someone achieve this flow that Minnow talked about when the act is anything but natural? How can awkward and clunky create flow and motivation? As a founder myself, I've had to do a lot of things I've found unnatural, with sales being at the top of that list, and found that the only way through the muddiness and murkiness of it all was to get dirty. Like, for example, the other day I tweeted this out. I was like, and this has to do with like sales. Mm -hmm. If you're building something and you want to make money from it, let's be honest, you got to learn how to sell, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Everyone hates salesmen until you become one yourself. (laughs) So a part of my job, even though... Well, as a founder, I have a lot of jobs, but part of my job is to sell. And in the beginning, when I first started, it was like, it was so uncomfortable. It was so uncomfortable because one, like a a big pill you have to swallow as a salesperson is that you're bothering someone. That is built in. we're, We're trained, especially me, to be a people pleaser and to not bother people. So all of these things are racing through my mind and I'm typing out my message <laughs> and I'm like so nervous. My heart's pounding and I hit send. And then the first response I get is something like, please don't ever reach out to me again. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> like, I'm also very discriminatory to people who bother me that way. Right. And you don't. Yes, yes. exactly. Yes. Right. <laughs> and, they all, and, you know, I have empathy for them because probably a million people are doing the exact same thing I'm doing. I just feel like my way is more thoughtful, you know, whatever. <laughs> I give all that background to say, I kept doing that. And then sometime this week, it, it, it wasn't like, oh my God, I feel good. It was like a, wait, I don't feel as nervous. And I think that's the story of building that isn't talked about much. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, it's that moment where it's not some magical moment where the heavens open up and the angels are singing and it's all good and nice. It's more like what was once a huge thing isn't that big of a deal anymore. Yeah. And isn't, yeah. isn't that the, that's the growth that builders feel more than I think other professions because other professions are gate kept with like milestones. You feel a shit ton of pride and achievement when you get the promotion, when you get the pay bump, when you, whatever. But for builders, it's the, that like achievement milestone is less, it's because it's more about like, what becomes easier? What becomes more natural? What becomes habitual? That's a great example. And in that tension of not wanting to do, but have to do, being really <laughs> awkward about it, but knowing mm. this is crucial, right? In that tension, you get stronger holding that tension together. And at a certain yep. point, that tension becomes, uh, it's actually a training ground, an arena to grow. There's an awkward, lame period where you just feel completely <laughs> like, oh, this is so awkward and uncomfortable. And like feeling lame is a big thing. Getting past that period of awkwardness and feeling lame, every, I don't know, like every step, you get one step 
better, then there's another lame thing to go past. And then you're awkward against something. And that sort of chasm and beginning step is something people can avoid their entire lives. Oh, and yeah. never do any of those things and just do the things that they know that they can do. But there's yes. nothing more in that growth because there are no best practices. It's just practices that are best for you. And best practices, the, I think the, the addictive nature and the dopamine hit of, of best practices is when you read it, you don't feel awkward anymore. You feel like, mm. oh, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, I, I could do that. Then you go off and do it and you're like, oh, this is so weird. Like you can read 30 how to write cold emails messages on LinkedIn and feel like, oh, yeah, I can try that. Then the first time you do it, you're like, hey, hello, yo. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Hey, man. Like those even <laughs> how to address the person is awkward. Hundred, You know, it's yes. like you, you get, you're stuck in the first yep. word, you know. And so the, you always have to go go up against that. I think that's a really that's a really interesting question of like what embarrasses you, because like <laughs> this week, right? I had this idea of like, oh, you know, I live in San Francisco. Probably some of my neighbors are engineers or manage engineers. Like that's just a, probably a good bet to have in San Francisco, <laughs> right? And so I was like, okay, what if I just like write a letter to my neighbors and then tell them to get on and put it somewhere? And I was like, okay, fuck it, I'll do it. And I, you know, I told Amanda and she was like, yeah, cool, do it. And then I shared it like on social media, on like Twitter and LinkedIn and Instagram. It was like probably one of the most popular things I've done or the response generating things. And to me, I was like, and a lot of the commentary, and this is so funny, <laughs> a lot of the commentary was like, wow, I'm so like impressed by how you put yourself out there. Like it, it felt to me that people sense that thing as like kind of embarrassing and therefore brave that I did it. But to me, I kind of, I didn't feel anything really about it. I was just like, oh, that's, this could be fun. But to everyone else, they're like, oh, like that, you know, that's, that's kind of out there. And to me, I'm like, why does it, to me, I was kind of confused by all of these responses, <laughs> you know? And then I'm like realizing, wait, oh shit. After like a year of doing cold outreach and putting myself out there every day, it did, did my callousness to like embarrassment in this way, you know, kind of like grow. And so like, yeah, I think for someone who is on this journey, wouldn't it be easier if you had a community of people and a group of people you can talk about this with and mollify the embarrassment by just sharing with everybody yes. else and, and share in the burden of feeling lame in doing something. That I yeah. think is a very, it's, it's a core dynamic we'd want to cultivate and talk about through greater stories and this idea of builder. I think that the important piece there is that when I felt lame and awkward and embarrassed about doing sales, I felt I was the only person that felt that way. Even though my co-founder was doing the same thing and after some time we talked about it and she was like, yeah, it's, it's not like, it wasn't a great feeling. I was nervous too. <laughs> it, you know, like how how can it how can it feel so isolating when actually there's a there's on any given day there's millions of people doing what you're doing for the first time too. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so I I guess for anyone listening to this think about what is embarrassing for you to do right now. Mm. What feels awkward? What feels embarrassing? What do you feel lame about doing? That I think that's interesting it's like a litmus test of like where you are on your builder journey is how embarrassed you feel every day. Yeah. 
I think people who talk about how they built it, the best practices, there are universal truths, but because how you feel embarrassed, why you feel embarrassed, and what you do about it is so personal, none of those best practices can ever be helpful to you because mm. the way you go through it is the way that you go through it. And no matter how many principles you've learned, it doesn't matter when the adrenaline kicks in because you just feel so awkward. And so I don't think, I don't think there are best practices when it comes to those things. I think it's just about feeling like you are not the only person, feeling like you're not crazy, <laughs> feeling like not only do I know other people are doing it, here is a group of people that I know are doing it with me. Yeah. And I think one connection that I've been trying to make on my own is why are we called greater stories, but we talk about builders? And I think all stories are results of people going after things with no clear ending. That's, that's the start of any good story. We know that even though our stories, your story isn't complete, there's something that's built in that's exciting about that, that draws you in, that there's a level of anticipation, right? There's, there's nothing set in stone. There's nothing, you know, like there's nothing promised. And so I think, I think for us, like all the most exciting parts of storytelling are part of building and vice versa. Yeah, I love that. And I think story starts with desire, wanting to do something, and then conflict, the things that keep you from getting that desire and the forward momentum on getting there. And each individual story collectively makes a greater story. But if we work together in helping each other move in momentum, it becomes a greater story as well. Building towards a greater story is hard, but it's easier if you can do it together. We hope you resonated with this episode and you feel a bit more seen, less alone, and encouraged to continue the work that is meaningful to you and others. In future episodes, we'll talk to other builders about what they're doing and what it feels like to be in the trenches. Till then, keep going and keep showing up. Talk to you later.